evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. I'm Tyler Tischlar, Associate Editor for Reader Views. And I'm Victor Volkman with Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's May 14th, 2009, and welcome to episode number 87 in our series. Tonight's topic is Why Some People Won't Stay on Your Site. And our special guest is Irene Watson. You can learn more about our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear your questions and comments about tonight's show. Please send them to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, tonight we're turning the tables a bit, and my uh, guest co-host, Tyler Tischler of Superior Book Promotions, is here. And this time we're going to grill Irene Watson, who is normally my co-host and the managing editor of Reader Views. Reader Views Kids, Inside Scoop Live, BloggingAuthors.com, and many other online projects. She is the author of The Sitting Swing, Finding the Wisdom to Know the Difference, and the co-editor of A Story That Must Be Told, as well as our newest collaborative book, Authors Access, 30 Success Secrets for Authors and Publishers. Irene has been developing sites online for nearly five years, learning and implementing various techniques to promote her books and businesses. She is here to share her knowledge with you on how to create a website to appeal to your target market using persona identification. Well, welcome back, Irene. Thanks. It's great to be back, and it's interesting to be on this side of the um, mic. (laughs) We won't ask you two hard questions. Okay. (laughs) Well, I, I think... You know, websites are probably about the the best or most important topic we can have other than talking about the actual books because so many books are sold on websites. And um, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about why you think websites are important. I, I was actually on an email list, and the other day somebody asked the group if they would honestly tell them if a website was worth having or not. And I was surprised by that question, but... Apparently, some authors still still aren't convinced that they're necessary. So could you tell us a little bit about why they are necessary? Well, of course, and I do agree that there are some that just don't understand. And I think that's basic what it is, is they don't understand why uh, it's important to have a website. Basically, a website is the end thing. I mean, you know, let's face it. We don't use uh, Yellow Pages anymore. We don't use newspapers anymore because it's old news. Everything is... the it's on the internet, and this is really the 21st century way of marketing is to be present on the World Wide Web. It's not only for your local, um, you know, national, but it also goes international, global, and so on. And basically, your website is your storefront. And um, as authors, we need a storefront. We're not going to go downtown for one book and open up a store. But on the World Wide Web, we have a storefront as a website. Yes, and I, I have found that, especially as a self-published author, it's not easy to get your book in the bookstores. And if somebody in California wants your book, and you live in, you know, Michigan, they're not going to carry it. So, um, obviously, selling your book on the website is 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 really important. I I wanted to ask you though about uh, kind of about designing websites. Like I look at lots of websites where there's lots of graphics and details, and it, it just seems overwhelmed with information. I get the impression that uh, the author, the person who put the website together, it just uh, was having a lot of fun playing with it and designing it. But when I go to it, I'm 
I'm kind of confused and turned off. And so could you tell us a little bit about how to make a website that, that is friendly to the visitor themselves? You know, you brought up such a good point, Tyler, because how many times, I mean, as listeners and myself, I know too, I go to a website and I look at it and it's like, oh my goodness, and I'm gone. I am gone within a few seconds because it just doesn't appeal, and this is what we're going to be talking about today. But what I want to just really stress before we get into the personas of the visitors is the website is really about the visitor. It's not about you. It's not about you, the author, or what you like, or the colors you like, or the content you like, or you know whatever, like you say, graphics and having fun. And it's great to do that. However, in reality. The website is not about you. It's about the visitor. And the visitors come for specific reasons to websites. There are three, actually, the main reasons that they come. Number one is to solve a problem. You know, let's face it, how many times have we gone and we Googled because we have a problem? So that is one reason that people have websites. Another reason that uh, visitors go to websites is to be entertained. And the third reason is to get information. So keeping that in mind, as you as an author of many books, Tyler, you know, why do your visitors come? Is it to be entertained? Is it to get information? Or is it to solve a problem? And so keeping that in mind, that is why we say that the website is about the visitor and not about you. And um, I just, um, as I was kind of refreshing my mind today as to what I was going to talk about, I uh, picked up a book. It's called uh, Call to Action. Secret Formulas to Improve Online Results. And uh, this particular book is by uh, Brian and Jeffrey Eisenberg. And what they say is a website isn't a tool. Many times we think there's a website being a tool, but in reality what they say, it um, shouldn't be used as a tool. And I'm going to quote what they say. They say that the purpose of your website is to attract, engage with, and retain prospects, leads, and customers. And so keeping that in mind and the reason that people come to your website, it makes sense. It really does. And um, I think that you know a, a successful website, and particularly if you have a focus on what you want to do with it, is very important. So just from what you're saying there, it, it, it kind of reminds me of like when I walk into a store. You know, you're, that's what you're doing when you go into a website. You're like, especially if you're an author, you're selling your books. You're going into a like a, a bookstore online. So, is it? Would you say the experience is similar? Like you're looking for somebody to wait on you, some like friendly customer service. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That is so uh, true. And you know, as authors, we really need to really focus on what is. What is, why are people coming? What is it? Is it about the book? Or is it about your workshops? Or, you know, if you're doing seminars or talks, keep in mind why they're going to come. It's no different than going to a store. Why do you go to a grocery store to buy groceries? You don't go to a grocery store to buy a car. It's the same thing as what is your visitor coming for? Um, you know, if it's a nonfiction book, ask yourself why are they going to come? I know that the bottom line is to sell the book, but why? what is going to attract them to come to your website? The same as a fiction book. You know, uh, there are a lot of websites out there. They can go to hundreds of thousands of websites. There are, you know, a lot of books have websites uh, representing them, and uh, they don't necessarily have to go to yours. So what is it that's unique about yours? The, um, the site really needs to talk to the visitor. just really, really needs to talk to them. 
And the other thing that um, is important is is how you place your information and what your information, what your website really is going to carry. And uh, there are five different um, patterns that websites fall into. And I'm going to list them off, and then I'm going to talk about the one that's the most important for uh, the author. And um, there's a brochure type, and um, there are a lot of websites out there that have a feeling of a brochure, and really all they do is make you look good, and there's just really not much use. There's a portal, which is content-related. There's e-commerce, which um, I think, Victor, yours is more of an e-commerce because you sell books, and that's the main purpose of your particular site. So you have a bunch of books, and it's an e-commerce book or website. The uh, another website pattern is considered purchase, and this is really giving a lot of information about a specific product. And this is where a uh, visitor can go, find out a lot of information about the product, and then decide to buy it. And then, of course, there's the service site, and these are sites that offer a whole bunch of services or one type of service, whatever it is. But as authors, what we really need to focus on is a portal type of website, which is content-based. And so, therefore, there's a lot of content. There's navigational tools on there with links and information, and it keeps the visitors interested. It keeps them you know, staying there, and it's like, especially if you focus on their problem or you focus on what they, if they want to be entertained or if they're really there for information. So, uh, Tyler, as I'm talking to you, you have a non, or uh, pardon me, a fiction book, and you have series. So why are people coming to your website? Uh, I know that you write regional, so maybe they're also coming not only for the books, but the way to get them to your website is focus on the region because a lot of your readers I know are interested in your book because it is regional. They're interested in that particular region. They need to live there or they're going to move there or they love that area. So in order to entice them to read your books, possibly information about the region would get them more involved and they would feel like they would be part of it and they would be there to get information the other thing that's important for a portal design is to have social features and uh, invitations. Invitations to, let's say, Facebook or MySpace or any of the social networking sites that you possibly belong to. Uh, Twitter is the big thing, so it's always important to be on Twitter and have your little Tweety bird there so they can join and follow you. And so, you know, just really keep up. And these need to be up in above the fold because this is what's going to catch them. The important thing is that you want the website above the fold for people to go there and stay and read below the fold. And uh, so this is what, you know, really when you're designing a work, uh, your website to really, really concentrate on what it is that you're going to be providing. You know, are you going to solve a problem? Are you going to entertain them? Or are you going to give them information? That's a lot said, isn't it? Yeah, all, all, all good information. <laughs> Our listeners should go to marquettefiction.com so they can kind of get some background on, on Irene's points here. It sure is. You know, I think my website needs a makeover. Well, that's obvious, but uh, <laughs> I was really hoping to, to land in the considered information category where I could 
you know, people would choose either maybe books about self-help or books about trauma or something, and then they would sort of drill down to find the book they're interested in. And when they get to that book, that I have everything that I know about that book in there, like book reviews, interviews with the author, recordings and stuff. But to be honest, I haven't met that design goal. So that's something to aspire to. <laughs> exactly. Just knowing why people come and why they stay. And we're going to get a little bit more into this here shortly. So. Our next question is about design. Now, it's interesting, you know, we all, everyone here is into writing books, and books have a specific format. You open a book, you expect to see the title page, followed by the copyright page, followed by the table of contents, but websites aren't like that. I mean, there can be really anything. So how do you settle on a plan for design that people can understand? First of all, you have to understand your visitor. And this goes back to even before you wrote the book, when you're doing your marketing plan and getting, I'm saying before the book because that's not the only one to do the marketing plan, but I know that a lot of the authors don't think about the marketing plan until after the book is published. But anyway, uh, at the time that you're doing your marketing plan, at the time you're writing your book, it's really important to decide on who your target market is. And when you decide who your target market is, it's important then to understand how that target market reads, buys, uh, looks for information, retains information. And so this then goes into the personas. And I know the Myers-Briggs personality tools are right either cursy, they're, you know, a bunch of others. And I really encourage the authors to look into personalities, into personas that and how they actually prefer to read and prefer to gain information. And so I'm going to go a little bit into that. The, um, in the Myers-Briggs personality tool, there, we are categorized into two different categories. One is the extrovert and one is the introvert. Now, that doesn't mean that, that you know, you're an extrovert or, or an introvert, but it's how your preference is for communicating, for getting information, for reacting and acting, and it's the preference. We have, you know, we're both introvert and extrovert when the time comes, but it's the preference. So when it comes to websites, the extrovert wants a good verbal presentation. That's really important to them, and this is for audio. If you have to have an audio on someplace in the, above the fold to explain, you know, um, I'm going to use you again, Tyler, about your book. If you have a blurb there, three minutes um, or less, to just enticing people about your book, maybe talking about your book, uh, doing a reading from it, just cram as much information as you can in that short time. It's important that you keep it short because in our busy lifetime in this 21st century, uh, we just don't have time to listen for a long time. So as an extrovert and the busy person that is doing, you know, three or four things at one time, they will listen. Also as an extrovert, they want to be able to ask questions and have them answered. So some type of an FMQ is great or something that you can, you know, think about what questions they would ask and to have the answers. Also extroverts decide very quickly. They're spontaneous buyers. 
they'll listen to your audio, and it's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to read this book, and they in- immediately they need a place to be able to buy. There's got to be a link for them right now to be able to go to wherever Amazon or whoever you use your uh, a sales tool. That's they need to be able to go there immediately. <laughs> They're fast paced. They um, the other thing is about extroverts. It's really important to remember that they are spontaneous, and what that means that next week they may not even remember who you are, and just because they went today to the website next week they're between now and next week, they have gone probably to hundreds of websites. And so they've totally forgotten about who you are, what you're selling, what your book is about, unless you're able to capture them immediately. And that's through an audio or through some other way of, uh, you know, on your website about the fold. Now, on the other hand, there is the introverts. They are the ones that need content. They want good written information. They want to know about your book. They need that time to reflect and read about it and think about it. And they're not the ones, they're not spontaneous. They're the complete opposite. And they don't want to be rushed. They want to think about it. They want to do a little bit of research. They're going to find out, let's say, about time. I'm going to use you again, about the region, what you're writing about. And they're going to do the research, and then they will possibly buy the book. So there you have. You have the introverts and you have the extroverts. And you have to have that information for both of them about the fold. Now, you also have to decide which one is more important for you. Is it the extrovert or the introvert? Who is your target market? Now, so now we're going to go to several other personas that come under the Myers-Briggs. And that is the sensing. Now, one thing I should um, say that introvert and extrovert, they're either one or those or the other. It's either one or the other. Now, I'm going to go into six other um, personality traits, and there are actually three more categories, but there's two in each category. So the first one is sensing, and they want to see the big picture. They want the facts. They want simple uh, examples possibly um, a blurb from your book, maybe uh, some quotes or something like that. And they want it now. They're just like, you know, they want to see that information now. On the other hand, uh, opposite to the same thing is the intuitive. They want to begin with a big picture and then fill in the facts. And they want to be able to make those connections between, let's say, your book, Tyler, um, and the region, and it's important for them to get bridge those two together. And they, they're creative people. They get enthusiastic if there's creativity. So at the same time, as you're working for, um, with the website, designing it for the introvert and the extrovert, you're also looking either the sensing or the intuitive. Then uh, there's another route. We also have um, the persona of the thinking and the feeling. And so if we're a thinker, then we want to uh, we want information that's researched. It's logical. It's got to be businesslike. So um, with your book, Tyler, it's like, okay, I want to know that you actually did research. And it's really important for me to know that you actually live in that area. And since you live in that area, mm-hmm. it gives me credibility. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for statistics. I'm looking for reliability. I'm looking in for 
the soundness, the emphasis, the everything that, you know, really, I can think this out and I will read your book because I'm feeling that that book is maybe, you know, to my persona. Opposite the thinking is the feeling. And this is more, uh, I'm thinking, the feeling type of people are, they don't think, they feel, they want to be warm and personal. They like websites that are fuzzy and uh, comfy and they sort of look at um, the personal feedbacks and uh, they look at testimonials. They look at uh, what people have thought about your book and if they like it. And so they will relate more to the feelings. And so then we go on to the next persona, which is the judging or the perceiving. Now, if we preference, have a preference of being a judging person, persona, then we do not want any surprises. We want, there again, the facts. We want it on schedule. We want uh, to stick to what you've uh, put on there. We want feedback. We want to... We want everything to be very concise, and we're going to make a decision on that. Now, on the perceiving side of that, that's the opposite of judging, we are just kind of more flexidaisical, and we look at, uh, maybe we'll look at somebody's opinion, or we, uh, we'll just kind of browse around and make a decision whether or not we want to read the book or buy it, and we... Um, we don't get all stressed out or anything. We just we just take it as it comes. So there you go. You, so when you are looking at building your website or, or fixing it up or recreating or whatever, it's really important to keep these personalities and personas in mind because, you know, here you are. You're dealing to all these different personas. And you have to make a decision which one is it that you're going to actually really focus on. You, can't, you cannot get 100% of the people that come to your website to stay. There will be some that will stay because it fits their persona. There will be others that will look at it and they're okay. But what you have to make a decision is are you willing to lose visitors? And when you make that decision that you're willing to lose visitors, then you can create a website for those that you're not willing to lose. Wow, that's um, pretty detailed. It is very detailed, but you know, it's so important, Victor. So important to understand your visitor. Okay, time to come clean, everybody. I'm an INTJ. How about you, Irene? I am E-N-F-E. <laughs> oh, that explains why we get along so well together. I think exactly. those two are, are well-matched, uh, Oh. Because we're opposites. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if if my audience is, say, people that are recovering from abuse, and that could be anybody, do I need to just put a stick in the ground and say, you're probably this and, and target myself that way? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because you know who your target audience is. And more than likely, they are the introverts. More than likely, they are the intuitives. More than likely, they are the feelers, the perceivers. Uh, granted, you know, there will be some that aren't, but who are the majority? And if you, they probably all took your... And that's something you could do is, uh, you know, take a survey and uh, see where they fit in. But I would assume, I would assume so. 
Okay, I was going to say, but that said, there are still some of those people that are going to want facts. They're still going to want to, you know, prove it to me. Uh, they want statistics. And that's important when it comes to books like you sell, and especially when there's therapy involved or there's recovery involved. It's like, I want to know, you know, what, how reliable is this author? What are the credentials? Why is this author able to write this book? Is it just something from experience, or is it education, or is that what that they actually do as a career? Are they therapists? And so that's important also for a lot of the personas because you have to have credibility. And yet on the others, you know, the ones that are intuitive, they see the big picture and say, oh, yeah, that's great information. I'll take it. They don't care where it comes from, if the person has credibility or not. Wow. Yeah, you have to decide who, you know, who is it you're selling to. And I would think that with the books that you have, Victor, it's not more the intuitive because those intuitives are going to buy them anyway. But who your target is to really expand on are the ones that need that information. Yeah, I can see that. I can, uh, you know, put more emphasis on the audios and, and things that would appeal to the extrovert. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, I, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm clear on what you're saying here. Now, I'm, I'm assuming, and I'm probably making a big assumption here, but I'm, I'm assuming that readers tend to be introverts more than they are extroverts. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if, if, uh, if that is the case, then are, are you saying that I, I uh, am probably going to get the introverts to buy anyway, so I should be targeting more towards the extroverts well, to I get them say... to stay? No, I wouldn't say that introverts are um, more introverts are readers or more readers are introverts. I wouldn't say that at all. Uh, in fact, I would say that, that, you know, it's probably pretty close to um, being even because it, it just, what it is, it's a preference on how they read and how they come to your website and gain information. So basically what it is is you have to make that decision as to, you know, what, what, what do you need to tweak on your website? And, okay. yeah, if you feel that your website is more so to the introvert, but you really do want the extrovert to read your book, then do some tweaking and, you know, focus on the extrovert and how they perceive the information and how they need to get it from you. Okay. Now, you, you had mentioned to Victor about doing a, a, a survey. Do you have any... Any tips on how to survey people? Do you just send out an email to your email list, or do you put questions on the website? Or Well, um, you know, there's a number of different things. I'm not sure. Putting on the website could work, but if you're still looking for visitors, you may not get very many to respond. So my suggestion would be if you have an email list already and, you know, you, you do – you can ask them to do a survey. Now, I want to talk about surveys because this is a very important question. Never give, in a survey, never give them options of ABC because those are not valid surveys. What If you give them options of, you know, A, B, or C, like which one, I just can't think off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but if you're giving them options, in most cases that hasn't happened. So what you need to do is ask them questions that they have to answer. For instance, you know, would you read a a self-help book on alcoholism? And 
you know, don't give them A, uh, yes, I would, B, no, I wouldn't, uh, C, only if somebody made me, <laughs> you okay. know. And so you don't give them options. You want them to answer from what they're really, uh, com- where they're coming from, and then take it from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I know just from taking those, you're not sure which one, and you probably get, uh, you know, results that aren't really accurate is because people just figured they have to mark one. And Exactly. You got it. You got it. And so, you know, the other thing, if you're looking at surveys, it's important to find out uh, how the survey was done and where, how that information came to you. So one thing that uh, I wanted to uh, just mention, too, and it's um, the objective, really, of a website is to persuade and interact with the visitor. You're wanting to interact with them and you're wanting to persuade them to, as authors, we want them to buy the book. And so what you really need to think about, too, is your website is actually like a digital salesperson. And, you know, when we talk, think about professional salespeople, they adapt their sales presentation to fit the customer. And so when you have a website, you fit the customer because basically that's the sale per- that's the digital salesperson. Okay. So that, that, that makes that makes sense just like what we were talking about entering the store. Exactly. Exactly. Well I I know one of the things you wanted to talk to us about, Irene, was uh, Google Analytics. And I also uh had some questions for you about just uh some statistics in general. Like you were talking about uh, with my website, mm-hmm. putting things on there that were regional to attract visitors. And a lot of my stuff that I have on my website is actually historical information about the region. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've found just from the, the statistics that I get, the keywords that people search, I've put content on my site based on those keywords. And yeah. um, I, I had lots of people coming to my website because they were looking up information about the old orphanage in Marquette. So I put information on my site about the orphanage, hoping that, that would get them to stay. Exactly. So can, can you tell us some more about ways to uh, to use like statistics and mm-hmm. use Google to, to determine what should be on your site? Of course. And I just want to comment on what you said about people coming about the orphanage to your website, and there it is. They came to your website to get information. And that's one of the three reasons people come to websites and is to get information, and there you are. You gave them that information, and you know if you have links on your website, it'll just take them in further and further and further, and this is what's important is to have a lot of links to just continue keeping them. And so Google Analytics will definitely give you so much information. If you don't have it, listeners, sign up now. Just go to google.com under Business Solutions and get Google Analytics. Put them on every page of your website. It's the best free tool available to monitor your site. I know that there are some others that charge. I think Crazy Egg is probably one of the best ones, but they do charge. But Google will give you so much information. Things like um, it will give you information if the visitors are repeat visitors, if they keep coming back back again and again, it'll tell you how long they stay. Are they, you know, what is your drop rate? Will they come in the, will they stay a minute or two or three, or are they going to stay there for two seconds and leave? And so Google Analytics will show you that. Also, it'll show you how they arrived. Did they get referred? Did they do a Google search using a specific keyword? And there you had mentioned keywords. You know, how do they come to your site? And it's important to 
when you see the statistics, the analytics that Google provides, if a specific word is being searched over and over again, it's important to make sure that that word is in your website and above the fold because obviously um, that's why they're coming to your site. And uh, so it's really important to to know, know that's another way of knowing, you know, who's coming, who's not staying. Also they have a map and I'm always amazed when I go in there and look because we're just adding more and more countries to um, to our visiting site, you know, so it's great. And it's important to take at least once a week and really look at those analytics and then decide what do you need to tweak, what do you need to change, what do you need to add or delete. I mean, you might have some information there and nobody ever reads, so why is it taking up space? Replace it with something that is. The other important thing, aside from Google Analytics, is when you do your website, be sure that you look at it through different servers and monitors. You know, different servers servers make your website look different. The colors will be different. The size will be different. And take a look at from different monitors. You know, we have four computers here in this office, and our website look different on each one of them. And so it's important when you're picking colors, when you're picking the size, the size of font, take a look at different child monitors to see what this really looks like and what people are seeing. There's sometimes on one uh, monitor everything will be all aligned and everything looks great. And you look at it on a different monitor or through a different server and it, everything is off filter and it's off it's not lined up and it's doubled up and there's writing and I'm sure you've seen this, there's writing on top of it other writing, and that's because it just it's not done properly, and so that kind of thing needs to be uh, tweaked. So it, it's important. It's just important because there again, you know, it's your digital salesperson. Yeah, that's probably a, a good reason to buy a Google phone just to see, or at least find a way to simulate a Google phone to see if your website can still show anything. Yeah, yeah. I was a question about uh, social networking, given that. Seventy percent of the people are extroverts. It, can I just put social networking buttons on all of my pages to to kind of appeal to them? Yes, definitely. And um, usually, there are certain places that you need to put those, and it's top right hand corner. Most of uh, the readers are right handed, and so it's important. Oh. You know, <laughs> the way the the eye flows, how they read. Top right-hand corner is where you want Twitter, where you want your RSCs if you have a blog, where you want uh, them to sign up for newsletters, where you want them to, uh, you know, the social networking buttons. You bet. Well, that's fascinating. All of my sites are backwards. I guess I figured people read left to right, so I should put the eyeball on the left. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and also, you know, centering the page on the center of the page rather than um, adjust, justified to the right or to the left. A lot of people do justified to the left, but it's it's difficult to read those because of the speed people are reading now. Uh, they basically they don't want to move their head, and a lot of the chairs, the way they are, a lot of the monitors, people look straight ahead. I mean, you know, we're getting a lot of people with some wound up necks and and so on. So it's important to also to 
be cognizant of that, that, you know, the readers are wanting to look straight ahead. And so you don't want your sight off to the left or to the right, and you want it narrow enough so they don't have to move their head. Just the eyes. Right. I had another frightening thought, and uh, I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask you, how much of this applies to my book jacket? (laughs) That's going to be, you're going to interview me on that later on. (laughs) It means a lot. It does. The book jackets are very important as to how they're going to appeal to the personas, you bet, and also the content of the book. And, you know, we don't have time to go into that now, but definitely, uh, definitely. Okay, well, the time has just flown by here. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So let's give you a chance to plug all your good sites. Oh, well, gosh, okay. I've got readerviews.com, readerviewskids.com. That's specifically for kids. We've got Inside Scoop Live. That's uh, live interviews. We've got blogging authors. That's a new blog that um, we're just putting all kinds of things on there. And uh, amazingly, I'm I'm amazed how many Twitter sign-ups we get every day. It's um, it's great. Uh, You know, Twitter is the big thing, and I encourage uh, every author to be sure and have a a Twitter page so that we can uh, follow it. That seems to be the thing. A couple of books that I wanted to mention, I had uh, mentioned it earlier, it's uh, Call to Action, Secret Formulas to Improve Online Results. And it's technical, but... And it's slow reading because it really is, you know, it, it is technical, but it just gives so much understanding about websites. And uh, that's by Brian and Jeffrey Eisenberg. And another one that uh, I really like, and it's a new book that just came out, I think, this year, and it's called Content Rich. And uh, it's by Joe John, pardon me. Last name is spelled W-U-E-B-B-E-N. And uh, this is also about uh, how to create um, websites, and basically it's more about uh, SEO, search engine optimization, which is really important, and um, that's another interview. (laughs) So, And I just encourage uh, the listeners to really take some time and concentrate on who the target is and really get to know the personas of who they're targeting and who who they want to visit and how they're going to make them stay there and eventually buy the book. Awesome. And at this point, I think I'll mention, because we've been using Tyler as our guinea pig here, that our listeners should go to marquettefiction.com so they can kind of get some background on, on Irene's points here. Okay. You've been listening to another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. We'll be back on May 21st, 2009, when our topic will be everything you always wanted to know about subsidy publishing, but were too afraid or embarrassed to ask. And our special guest will be Pete Masterson. You can learn more about all of our guests on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. For Reader Views, this is Tyler Tischler in Marquette, Michigan. For Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.